Week three of our series, Bridges. As I said a week ago, a bridge by definition is something that connects. It's, it's a structure built to allow passage over an obstacle or a barrier. Like that's the whole nature of what a bridge is for. If we think of relational connections as bridges, it's crucial that we develop strong, healthy relational bridges between us of those who make Faith Tabernacle our home. It's crucial that we be able to, to be able to process things in life and, and live out of grace and forgiveness. And sometimes, and the, I think the, the phrase I used was, sometimes we have to build a bridge and get over it in, in the, with the explanation of dealing with things and being willing to get over hurts and different things that happen, not to diminish them, but to be people of, of connection and being able to do that. That was the focus of week one. Healthy internal connections that we can develop here allow us to fulfill our mandate to be ambassadors for Christ, bridge builders, builders of bridges to our community. And we can, and I would say that we should, be finding ways to be a bridge between Jesus and his kingdom and those we're called to reach. A bridge firmly connected to God and his church on the one hand and those people that are lost that we're ministering to on the other, that we become a bridge connected on both ends. And I love the picture of that. It takes both ends to effectively bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the heart of our city and to the world. That was the focus last week. And I know this is pretty basic stuff in a lot of ways. Like, it's, it's very foundational. But I don't, I don't apologize for that because without a good foundation, the building's bound to be unstable, right? So, so in thinking of that, when we think of ourselves as ambassadors for Christ, and we are, it's crucial to, crucial to recognize that Jesus is the only true bridge. Jesus is the only true bridge between God and man. And that's what I want to focus on this week. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We've sung it this morning. We've declared it. We've talked about his goodness. Now, I want to create a visual of the gospel for you. If we think of this platform here, this little platform, as God, in the beginning, what he did, in the garden, we had paradise, and and God and man were, were in close connection. They were in fellowship together. It was beautiful. And then through the fall of man, what happened is sin, sin brought a division and a separation between God and man. And there became this this void between. Paradise was lost. And, And mankind has been trying to get back to paradise ever since. If you listen to music, if you watch the movies, the different things in, in our culture, so much of the epic story, the, the meta-narrative, is this idea of paradise lost and trying to get back. And we, we try so many things to get back to God and to bridge this chasm. And if you think of, of religion as one of those ways, you know, if, if I could just pray enough, if, if I could do the right, circ- you know, the right uh, uh, sacrifices and all those things, if I try hard enough, if I pray long enough, I can make yet we don't quite make it we fall short in our own strength the the chasm it's too wide there's too much and and then you can kind of like go through philosophy well if I can come to peace with myself and everything else if I can find that place of 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 unity with if I search within myself and I find that peace and and I and I get at one with one at one with the universe and and we kind of hope that that through that we can float across the chasm 
Then sometimes we think like, and this happens in church circles and with different religions. And, and so, well, maybe if we, I know, we'll just find some balance. If I can just, if I can get just the right, uh, right, the, just the right balance of that my good deeds, that my good deeds balance out my, my evil deeds. It's like my good deeds, okay, that'll give me access. I'll, I'll be able to do that. And my good deeds will get me there. And we think, and we go, and all of a sudden, yeah, we don't quite make it but by God's initiative through his grace through what Jesus has done he made a way with the cross to to bridge the gap to to make a way to to bring a sinful man in contact again in fellowship with a loving God and we find even though it's rough even though it's it's rustic we we read in Romans 5 8 that while we were yet sinners, while we were yet far from God, Jesus died on the cross to bring us into relationship with Him. And we find that it says, but God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we've now been justified by His blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through Him? For if when we were enemies of God, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only this is so, but we also rejoice in God our Savior, Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. We've received reconciliation. He's, he's bridged the gap. He's given us the ability to be in fellowship with him once again. But to truly appreciate the magnitude of God's grace in providing Jesus as the bridge. Sometimes it helps to define the chasm. Sometimes it helps to, to recognize the gap and the, and the distance that we have actually been separated from God by sin to unpack the nature of it. As believers, there's sometimes a danger or a tendency that over time, we become so secure in the bridge. And we can trust the bridge. We can trust God, but we become so used to it. It becomes something that we begin to take for granted. We, we, we just, because we travel it so much, it's there. Our relationship with God through Christ is so strong. We, we sometimes can take it for granted, and we become somewhat numb to the great gift that, that it is to us. We can get blinded to what we are crossing. Grace is not just a little plank like this across a little gap like this on a platform. There's a video I want to show you. And uh, this, is, this is the Heartland Covered Bridge in New Brunswick. And it's the longest covered bridge in the world, apparently. And, and as you kind of notice there, you're, like, you're on the bridge, you're driving, but it's so enclosed that you can't really get a sensation of what you're crossing. It's like, you know, you could be crossing a river, which this one is. You could be crossing a canyon. You could be whatever, but there's such a sense of, you know, you kind of get used to it. You just kind of shroud it in what you're used to, and you get to the other side, and you don't even really realize what you've crossed. <laughs> but I want to show you a video that is in stark contrast to this covered bridge. If we could throw the other one up. This bridge is in China. And yes, that is glass. 
And that chasm, as you can see, is very real. Now, as folks, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to be crazy, but to get out and walk on that bridge, notice him holding on to the rail. Traveling across this bridge, there's no getting away from what you're traveling across. There's a stark reality of how bad it would be if the bridge failed. There's, there's no getting away from the sense of, oh my gosh, um, right? Holding on to each other. It's like, if I'm going down, you're going down with me. And this guy's, of course, in prayer, right? Like, can you imagine? You're painfully aware of the chasm. It is possible, if we've been Christians for a while, to metaphorically enclose the bridge. The cross of Christ that, that he provides, the bridge of Christ, and we begin to lose an appreciation for what Jesus has done for us. And it's not intentional. I think it happens in every relationship. A good relationship, there's almost it gets, you can get comfortable and you kind of begin to take it for granted, whether it's your relationship with God or any really important relationship. But I believe the reality is our Christian walk is more, it more closely resembles that second bridge than it does the first. If you think about it, we must have faith in a bridge that we can't see. Jesus. Faith in God. It's like that we're having faith in something that, that, that we can't really see. And we must be able to, and that's step one. That's the first, first big step. But then let's recognize that the magnitude of our separateness from God, or God without Christ, we've got to realize that we're not nice people that God just let off the hook, right? We're not just, uh, you know, we're good people. It's like, you know, it's, it, it's quite understandable that God would just, you know, be okay with us. The chasm is insurmountable from our side, but God has made a way. We don't live in fear. We don't live in judgment, but we need, it's important to recognize that the chasm is insurmountable. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. Speaking of God, and it says, God who wants all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Let that sink in for a minute. We get pictures of God and we get pictures of what God is like and how he sees people, but God who wants all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. For there's one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all men, the testimony given in its proper time. Jesus became the bridge, the ransom, brought reconciliation to bring us to Christ, to allow us to cross the chasm and be able to be in relationship with him. Even if we consider the good things that we do, our acts of righteousness, our acts of obedience, if we read in the Old Testament from the prophet Isaiah, he's talking about the, the, just the moral state and the, the, uh, the religious state of the nation of Israel back in Isaiah's day. And if we look at Isaiah chapter 59, starting at verse 1, Isaiah is writing as the prophet, and he is speaking to the nation, and he is, 
Yeah, he's putting it out there. And he says this in Isaiah chapter 59, verse 1. Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor is his ear too dull to hear. All right, so what the prophet is beginning with is like, if there's any disconnection here, if, there, if there's some sense that this bridge can't be, be crossed, it's not because of God's part. His arm, his arm is not too short to save, his ear is not too dull to hear. But then it goes on in verse 2. But your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you and he will not hear. For your hands are stained with blood, your fingers with guilt, your lips have spoken lies, your tongue mutters wicked things. No one calls for just one, no justice. No one pleads his case with integrity. They rely on empty arguments and speak lies. They conceive trouble and give birth to evil. Wow, Isaiah, how do you really feel? <laughs> I mean, that is, them's fighting words from where I come from. That's like, the gloves come off. It's like, what? Like, right? He's putting it out there. It's harsh. Further on in Isaiah chapter 64, starting at verse 6, it, it, like the people are kind of like maybe making a bit of a case for themselves. It's like, well, it's not all bad. <laughs> and he says this, verse 6 of Isaiah 64, all of us have become like one who is unclean. All of our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We shrivel up like a leaf. Now, I recognize that as poetic language, and I won't get into detail of what he actually refers to there because it's gross. But I recognize that we're not Israel. It's not to say that doing the right thing doesn't matter, but compared to the holiness and righteousness of God, there's a huge deficit on our account. But the bridge, the way, the truth, through Christ, he, he provides a righteousness that allows us access to God that's not our own. He provides us with a righteousness that's beyond ourselves. It, it comes from him and it's through him. And that makes it so powerful because it helps us not to try to jump. It helps us to, to, to not try to get this sense of balance between the good things that we do and, and the things that we don't, to try to, to make the ledger come out balanced in our favor. Romans chapter 3, starting in verse 21. Romans 3. And, and he says this, and, and, and Paul's writing to the church in Rome, and he didn't plant that church, but he's really trying to help them to understand the grace of God. And, and he says this in Romans 3, verse 21, But now a righteousness from God, apart from the law, has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. He says the Old Testament, they talked about this. They, they spoke of this to come. And he says this righteousness from God comes through faith in Christ to all who believe. There's no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that comes by Christ Jesus. We don't have to live in fear. We don't have to live in condemnation. We live in appreciation of what God has done. We don't have to live in fear of the bridge failing. We, we, we don't have to live in, in condemnation that we couldn't get there ourselves because what he did for us and through us, we can have confidence in this because it's his righteousness. He designed the bridge. He built the bridge, and we can get over it. It's through him, by him, and the power is in that. The fine art of appreciation is not diminishing sin, but elevating grace. 
Right? How many times do we just like, ah, you know, well, I'm not so bad. Well, I'm certainly not as bad as that person, and I won't point anywhere. I'm certainly not as bad as this person. And we try, to, we try to diminish our need. We try to shrink the gap. We, we try to talk ourselves into this being something that we can cross ourselves. But, but the power of recognizing grace is not to shrink the chasm, but to elevate the grace of God and recognize and appreciate the power of God in the midst of it. Again, Paul writing to the church in Ephesus He's talking to a predominantly non-Jew audience and recognize that, that Jesus was, was Jewish. It came to like the Christianity has come out of and has, has developed from a, a Jewish background. And some of the, sometimes there was a sense of, well, God's forget about you. It's like we're the new chosen ones. It's like, and so there was a bit of a sense of that. And Paul's speaking to the church in Ephesus. He says in, in chapter 2, verse 11, Ephesians 2, 11, Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcised, that done in the body by hands of men, circumcision was the outward physical sign of the covenant, the promise that God had made to Israel, okay? And, he, and so he goes on and he says, remember, don't forget, guys, that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope, without God in the world. Again, wow, that about covers it. That's a pretty stark, that's a good description of the chasm. That's the gap that we face. And then he says in verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 13, but now, in Christ, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You who were once separate, you who, were once, who once had no hope through the blood of Christ and what he did on the cross, the bridge that he built, you have been brought near. Paradise restored. Fellowship with God. He tore the temple veil in two to give access back to him to restore paradise. Mm. Paul writing to the church, he wants to remind them, he wants to remind the Gentiles where they came from, not to condemn them, but to raise their level of awareness and appreciation for their new standing in God and Christ. When we believe and we see, we cross that bridge and we find ourselves in a whole new world. Not because our circumstances have changed, but because we now understand and appreciate the bridge. This message is very basic. Very basic. I make no apologies for that. It seems to me a lot of te Jesus' teaching was very basic. <laughs> But my prayer is that there would be someone here this morning that may have never heard that there is a chasm and that sin and our own works have kept us on one side of the chasm 
but God has, has created a way for us to be reconciled to himself and be in relationship with him. And that Jesus is that bridge. Jesus is the way, the truth, the life that gives us access through faith and through his sacrifice. I'm going to ask the, the team to come back at this time. Because a huge part of this message is it's not that we're better than anyone else or everyone else or this sense of superiority because of what God has done for us, but that we actually recognize our own personal depravity (laughs) and accept Christ as a means to salvation. It's not about us and them. And that really, that really becomes a double-edged sword. I don't know if you've ever thought of this. But if it's true for you, if it's true for me, if it's true for us, then it's true for everyone. Sometimes we've heard, you know, well, well if it works for you, that's fine. But Scripture doesn't give us that kind of luxury. The two-edged sword of the gospel is that if it's true for you and if it's true for me, then it's true for all of us. That bothers me. You're like, what? Maybe it doesn't bother me as much as it should, but it does. Because I believe it is true for me and I believe that I do have to believe that it's true for others, and which means that it bothers me when I think of my family. It, it bothers me when I think of friends, good friends that I know that are far from God. It bothers me when I, when I think of neighbors that I've built a relationship with over the last few years and with an intention of, of really being Christ in their midst to, to show them the gospel. It bothers me. Not that I question God's justice or God's righteousness. But there are times when I think to myself, how, God, how is it that I was able through, through my life to, to stumble upon and come to this place of recognizing your grace and receiving you, Jesus? despite my, my failings, my frailty, the things that I've done wrong, somehow I found you, God, and so many people around me haven't. And it's not a guilt trip, but it kind of it brings it into a stark reality of what's to come. Hmm. It's not motivated by fear or duty or religion. I think it really comes from an appreciation of the cross. It comes from an appreciation of what he's done for me and what he's done for others, whether they recognize it or not. It's love for God and love for people shown in genuine compassion and a willingness to share. How... How... uh, 
frustrating for God sometimes, maybe it must be, to know that the bridge is there, to know that He's provided a way, to know that He's, he's given the mandate of sharing that to the church and, and, and thrown it out there. That, and yet there's so many that don't know. There's so many that, that still remain separate from God just out of ignorance, so to speak. This morning, right now, I'm going to err on the side of caution. Because <laughs> I believe that if you're here this morning and you find yourself separate from God, you find yourself far from your Creator, you've heard about God, but you are far from paradise. <clears throat> You've even heard about this, God, maybe, but to believe that you're separate from Him and know that there's a way for you to be reunited with Him. And, and this morning you've heard this and you're going, you're actually saying, okay, that's, that's starting to actually make sense. That's beginning to actually describe where I'm at. I'm, I'm recognizing there's this void. There's this, there's this brokenness. There's things, and I've tried everything to fix it and to fill it and to get over it, but it doesn't seem to be coming together. And I've never really realized that, that that's, that's a reality. That's a spiritual reality for all of us and that there's a God who loves us and loves me and wants me to be in relationship with Him, and He's provided a way to do that. Not through exclusivity, but, but to include all who would come, anyone who would come and accept Him. Now, I would, I'm guessing, I'm assuming that most of us here this morning already know that. Most of us here this morning probably realize and have, have dealt with that in some way. But if you're here this morning... And you've never crossed the bridge, so to speak. You, you're here this morning and you've never acknowledged your need of a Savior. You've tried to build a bridge, but you recognize it's not making the grade. And you're here this morning? Then this message was for you. I mean, I've, I've been waiting for weeks to share this message in the hopes that there would be one. Even if it's one, that today would be a day of, of, of revelation, of recognition, of, of salvation for you. And I believe God would move heaven and earth to have you here and to, to hear that message of hope. So here's what I want us to do. I want us to close our eyes for a moment. If you're a believer, pray. This isn't a time for a nap. Close your eyes and pray. And if you're here this morning and you recognize your need of God and you recognize that there is a bridge and, and you're, you're like, okay, I, I need this. I'm lost. I'm separate. I'm broken. There's, if that's you this morning, I want to pray for you. It's a simple prayer. It's a prayer of faith to believe that Jesus is the bridge. If that's you this morning, if, if, you wouldn't, if you would just acknowledge that by raising your hand so that we can pray for you, that's all I'm going to ask you to do is just to take a moment, reflect on where you are spiritually, and to respond by saying, yes, that's me. Can you pray for me? 
I, I need this. I want to cross that bridge. I, be, I believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and I want to receive that right now. Is there anyone? Saints, pray. Is there anyone that would acknowledge that need? That would acknowledge and say, yeah, that's me. Would you pray for me? Is there anyone else? We're going to take a moment and we're going to pray. And can we just pray this prayer aloud together just as a sense of family? Um, it's a prayer of salvation and of faith. We're just going to pray it out loud together. Or just kind of repeat after me thing. It's, it's not a special formula, but sometimes it helps a little bit to, to be encouraged in this. So let's begin. Dear God, I come to you recognizing that I need you, God. There's something missing in my life. And I believe it's you. I accept Jesus as the way to be connected to you, God. So Jesus, save me from myself, from my sin, from the things that separate me from you. And bring me into that place of relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's Communion Sunday. And Communion's a time to, to celebrate the bridge. It's a time to recognize what Jesus did through the shedding of his blood on the cross and the brokenness of his body to bring us into restoration. And we take emblems of bread, it's a cracker, but it's like it represents his body that was broken for us to bring us wholeness. His brokenness, his brokenness to bring us healing. And we have the juice, the wine representing the blood of a new covenant, the blood of a covenant that that represents the torn, the torn veil, the separation between God and us, that the blood allows us to come in cleansing to God, accepted, righteous, pure before Him. The, the blood gives us the sense of confidence to cross that bridge, and it will hold. And we celebrate that through communion, and we take that together. And what I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask the, the team to begin to distribute those emblems to us, we're going we're gonna to stand together right now and we're going to worship. And I ask you each to hold the emblems until we've all received them. And then after everyone's received it, I'm going to come back and we're going to take communion together. But can we just celebrate, first of all, the salvation that happened in this place today? I mean, thank you, God, for your faithfulness. Thank you for salvation. Thank you that there's rejoicing in heaven before the saints of God, Lord, right now.
And let's stand and let's, let's begin to worship. The, 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 this song is so appropriate to what we're doing. It's, it's appropriate to communion. It's, a, it's appropriate to the message. Let's just have some gratitude for what God's done.